You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's a Wednesday, my Ute fans and family here on the Locked On Utes podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. And our good friend Sammy Mora joins us on the podcast. She's been up at practice all week long talking to Junior Tafuna about Utah's defense and what they need to do to rebound. She also talked to Devon Vele. We get into it a little bit about how Utah's offense might handle UCLA. And then last, we'll wrap things up with a really fun conversation about Matiaki Helu, a commitment for the 2023 class, and Sammy's experience talking to Jim Harbaugh. All that on today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for October 27th, 2021. Welcome back into the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I am super excited about today's show. Uh, Jake is pulling a lot of duty, uh, and that's not a euphemism. He is just working a ton, currently handling business at a jazz game. Uh, We record these the night before. It's Tuesday night, Jazz are playing. You'll listen to this Wednesday morning, and you will be woken up to the amazing Sammy Mora. So I, I have to reveal something. Your middle initial starts with the letter A, correct? Yeah. And I think it stands for amazing. Wow, thank you. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, sometimes I think it stands for, like, awkward <laughs> or maybe, like, like, uh, aardvark i don't know i i don't see it as amazing but thank you so much that means that actually means a lot to me this leads into the perfect question to start off this podcast so is the aardvark your spirit animal no okay good no it is not i'd be a little concerned although you would be the very very first spirit animal on the list if we went alphabetically so that is something well my spirit animal is like a butterfly so it's like pretty close up there it's like b so it's like you're not like too far off but okay. i like so. that there's a lot of metaphors like that's very metaphorical i mean i have a butterfly tattoo so good thing that it's a visual medium and everybody <laughs> just saw you put your hand up and got that tattoo <laughs> this is the perfect uh <laughs> segue into what i wanted to start the show off uh with we uh utah coming off a rough rough game against Oregon State. The run defense, I think, is likely the biggest concern in in most fans' minds. And you had the opportunity to speak with a very important part to that run defense. His spirit animal, if I were to guess right now, is probably like a lion or something, a very angry animal. You got to talk to Junior Tafuna. Sammy, tell us a little bit about what Junior had to say in regards to last week's game and what's going on this week to get ready for UCLA? So, yeah, I asked him today actually at practice. So, again, it's Tuesday night when we're recording this. But I asked him, I was like, how did the team feel like after that? And he was like, you know, we were kind of neutral at this at like certain points. But like we knew we could have played better. We know we could have played better. And literally my first question to him was the rush defense played like kind of like like poop. Like, how did that make you guys feel? And he's like to be honest, we felt like crap. Like he's like, he gave props to Oregon state where it was due because 
CJ Baylor is a very good running back. Like he yes. will be playing Confirmed. on he he will be playing on Sundays. Like he might have been the best running back that Utah's played so far this year. He ha- yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. I think if you have to rank them, it's like him and then maybe like Algier. Mm-hmm. I think he's I think he's better than Algier. I think he's, from what I saw, I like him a little bit more. I like him a lot more than I like Algier, and I'm not just like saying that, but like It's okay. There's Bay- been a lot of BYU fans <laughs> that listen to this podcast, so I think we're safe. Yeah, but I liked Baylor. Yeah, come like, get us, Cougar Board, if you're listening. Ooh, Cougar Board. <laughs> hey, I I'm one of the only people from Mute Zone who has not been on Cougar Board. Same. Whoa. I, yeah, I know. We have somehow avoided to be uh I don't know if that's a good sign or not. What I don't it, know, but Probably doesn't matter. Getting Cole back, got on, yeah. yeah Cole was on, on like th- three months after he started. He was yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, yikes. Congrats, um, Cole. but yeah, congrats. But anyways, yeah, he basically was like, we played like crap. Um, he mentioned just getting better in game situations. He said there's a little, a lot of minor technique faults that they had, like not staying in their gaps or not holding blocks or not getting off their blocks to make mm-hmm. tackles. So, which I saw all of that. I think we all saw most of that on Saturday night. But I think the thing that really stands out, and I think people have been talking about it, is the youth of this team and the youth of this defensive line. Because, you know, you lost Viani Moala to his hip injury earlier in the season. So not only do you lose a big body up there, but you lose, like, experience. So then you have to fill that void with what? Freshmen. And that's, I think, a big part of what happened on Saturday. I think you bring up a really, really good point with that is that this was an inexperienced Utah defensive line that has a lot of talent, a lot of physical ability that made a very experienced, very uh, uh, sneaky, maybe. I don't know. Um, Like well-traveled. There's a word in Russian. It's hitri. Um, And I don't know what the exact equivalent is in, in, in English anymore uh i don't know why i remember that word and nothing else but that's how uh, i guess you know too many concussions i i've only had like one i shouldn't say that anymore but um i I didn't have any playing soccer so there you go see like yeah we're the outliers just continuing not never on cougar board (laughs) not enough concussions breaking barriers yes look at us uh the bear and the butterfly but um (laughs) When you're an experienced offensive lineman, you've got tricks of the trade. And I think a lot of what Oregon State did was tricks of the trade against guys that have not seen and or had to fight against that a little bit. And what I love about Junior is he always shoots you straight. He's not going to mm-hmm. beat around the bush. I think he is. Uh, I don't know if I call him eloquent, but he he's well-spoken. He's not afraid to talk, um, but he's also just so direct and to the point. And, and I think that's promising that they know what they did wrong because i think if you understand what you did wrong and you can isolate it that means you have something to actually work on and progress to the flip side of that is how quickly can you cure what happened on saturday as ucla rolls into town because i think that the hot topic and the big debate in terms of the best offensive line in the Pac-12 is, is it Oregon State or is it UCLA? Mm-hmm. And and that's a big thing. Did Junior have anything to say about that? I actually asked him about that. I was like, you know, you go from one run-heavy offense in Oregon State to another one with UCLA, who you add the added factor of a mobile quarterback in DTR. Um, and he basically, he laid it out, and he was just like, we just need to take, like, learning from what we had last week and put it into this week. So reading their blocks, just 
working on the little details that they slipped up on last week into this week. And he also talked a lot about leaning on each other with the youth of this defensive line, like holding each other accountable. So like if you miss a block, like I'm not saying like call each other out on the sidelines, but like, hey, like this is like this is happening. So and he was he was really blunt about it. And I was like for a freshman, I was like, this is this is one of the better freshman interviews I've had because you get those freshmen who are terrified to be in front of the media and you have to ask the same question like six or eight times in different ways to just get a smidgen of the answer you want but he was so well spoken about everything that it was amazing but he he said he just wants they just want to knock out the rush game first and then worry about everything else so again the like the big thing going into this week is stopping um ucla's rush game which they have a hella good running back too yeah, and it's it's a rough stretch up here for Utah because you're about to see, you know, if, if B.J. Baylor is the best one that they've faced, probably his biggest competition in Zach Charbonnet. Uh, and, and look, I don't know how much you've watched UCLA. I've watched them a fair amount. I'm a firm believer in Chip Kelly's offense. Mm-hmm. He does things in the run game that are very unique and nuanced and hard mm-hmm. to – recognize and if unless you really know run scheme and, and offensive line play and so that's the big concern about this thing going into it for me that being said i think there's there's another concern with devin lloyd being out uh for the first half uh, we, we talked about this beforehand that nobody thought to speak to devin about it today oops yeah that's like yeah that was that was a little uncomfortable and awkward <laughs> at practice today but you know like the, the hard part about it is that there's been so many times where we've gone up there and been turned down on those kinds of things. And so you just kind of get out of this habit and good for Utah for being that, you know, that persistent about turning us down for interview requests. Uh, I, I just, this could get, I don't want to say ugly, but this is, I think this is the big talking point this week is how does that defensive line bounce back? Did junior have anything else to say that you thought was interesting? I, I, I know it was a pretty solid interview and, and you'll have a write up in mute zone, correct? Yeah, it'll be up on mute zone. Um, he did talk about, I asked him about how like the team felt because, you know, they're still, they're still in the driver's seat when it comes to the Pac-12 South. Like that Oregon State loss, it hurts, but it's not like it throws them out of contention for the South. It just makes it a little bit harder. And I asked him, I was like, so how do you guys keep that like out of like, you're not focusing just on that and focusing on how you guys are in the driver's seat. And he basically was like, it's just Coach Witt and Coach Scally telling us that we need to go one and zero every single week, and he just take it game by game. And then he basically, I I love his his end quote that he gave me. He's like, if the if at the end of the season we get that extra game, then we're there. So it's like they're not like counting on it. They're just taking it one game at a time. And I think a lot of fans are doing that too this season with everything that's happened off the field. I think it's just like. I know I'm that way. I'm like, hey, Oregon State, it sucked. I got over it really quick. And I was like, hey, UCLA, next game. Like, let's go. Yeah. This year is going to be, I think it's going to be a roller coaster and and setting expectations. Uh, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have expectations for Utah to win games because they're still competitive. The, The bulk of their schedule outside of this stretch right here is is pretty winnable um mm-hmm. you know, oregon obviously the big one that's going to be the huge matchup at rice eccles 
in November. You know, a, a road game at Stanford on a Friday is never an easy thing. I think that one's a little bit more in the Utes' favor than than maybe Oregon or even UCLA this weekend. But I think if they really do buckle down and listen to Witt and Scally, if they if coaches come up with a good game plan, they can buy into what's going on. And you have to think that this coaching staff is is just tirelessly working to try and have plan and backup plan and backup to the backup plan so that if things start getting a little bit out of control that they can rein it back in mm-hmm. it'll be fascinating to see what happens with DTR I think there's a lot of good storylines uh, as we kind of wrap up this segment what's your favorite storyline going into this game against UCLA I don't know like the like Devin Lloyd being out for the first half is one that's really like intriguing to me like the linebacking core was the last group to leave the field today which isn't surprising because usually they're the last group to leave too but there's sometimes where like the wide receivers are out there longer or like the corners are out there but the linebackers were out there later than anyone on sat or today at practice so that's intriguing to me but also i want to see like the tight end matchup because utah has good tight ends and UCLA has good tight ends. And I don't think that's something people are talking about right now because of the other issues that Utah has right now, like the defensive line, like Lloyd being out, like how they're going to contain DTR and stuff like that. But I, I'm a firm believer in tight ends. I love tight ends. Like I love tight end play, especially Utah tight end play because they're all vastly different, but Utah's tight ends versus UCLA's tight ends. I just, I think it's going to be, I honestly think it's going to be a tight end heavy game like passing wise. And it'll be fascinating to see what happens with DTR. You know, he was hurt in the game. Sounds like he's got an injury to his throwing hand. I would expect him to play. Excuse me. I would expect him to play as a tough kid. And and I just, I don't see any world where he doesn't at least give it a shot. Now the question will be how well can Utah contain him in the run game and how, how effective can he be if they get him to third down and they have to throw the ball? Like you said, you know, Greg Dulcich is, uh, as good as Utah's tight end group is, Dulcich would make it even better if he were to come here because he is uh, just an elite athlete. He's a guy that started at wide receiver, put on the weight. He's fully bought into what Chip Kelly sells in terms of you know going to bed, getting up early, following the the, the sports science program that they've instilled there. Uh, he, he's big into that kind of thing. And so uh, it, I, I love your choice there. Um I think we're just going to go ahead and leave it at that because uh, I get to do this five days a week and we only get to have you on one uh, for now. But as long as we're talking about picks, Sammy, I want to tell you and the rest of our listeners about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this type of fantasy. And I think everybody else will as well. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world. And all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-majors uh, that you may have never heard of, are available to be picked. Uh, like I believe it's Brennan Armstrong is the quarterback at Virginia. Uh, that would be one that I would be hammering this week uh, because I think he and Bronco are going to have something in store for the Cougars, and he's really good. So maybe uh, maybe the uh, the the lefty ginger. Maybe I'm a little biased too because he's a lefty. He's got the ginger hair. He's got the the arm tat on the right side. I don't know. He's everything I always wanted to be. Did you ever want to be a quarterback? No, I'm too short. Okay. Fair I'm five two. That's not quarterback. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. It'd be fine. That's not well. When I I played soccer for so long that I always wanted to be the punter or the kicker because I could nail a football 
like deep down the field. Kyle okay. Whittingham hit my line. I can come out there. <laughs> Perfect. So there you go. You can sign up on prize picks. You can draft Sammy to be your kicker on Saturday. You can pick two to five other players along with Sammy if you want. Uh, they offer any prop you can think of from yardage, touchdowns, even interceptions, or field goals, obviously. Uh, just when you go to sign up, use the promo code Locked On, and they will match your deposit uh, 100% up to $100. Uh, use the award-winning app on both the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. That easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code Locked On, or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. Alrighty, coming back here on the Locked On Utes podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen every day as we are free and available on all platforms. Uh, do you have a preferred platform, Sammy? Spotify. Uh, you and me. You and me. If if you don't if you're not down with Spotify, Odyssey is one that I've started using a little bit more just for, because uh, they do such a good job with all the Locked On podcasts and I can keep track of everything on there. Uh, but Spotify is 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 in my in my world the king. Um, do you do you follow podcasts on YouTube at all? Um, there's a call. I like I listen to a, like a mixture of podcasts. Like I have like comedy podcasts I listen to, and like I have sports ones and stuff like that. And I have true crime, but a lot of the comedy ones that I listen to do like the like the live one like on mm-hmm. YouTube, and I'll watch it for certain ones. So like, because a lot of them do like like live like humor that you have to like see right. so it's like it's easier for me to watch it than like to listen so eventually we're going to be on youtube i don't expect it until maybe next month for uh, even maybe december it, it, for whatever reason it takes a while to get the, everything set up and cleared uh, i luckily don't have to handle any of that that's the benefit of being part of the network uh I don't love that kind of dirty work, but I know somebody who does love dirty work when it comes to the football field. That's Devon Vele. Sounds like you might've had a chance to talk to him at practice this week as well. Yeah. So I was in the media scrum with Vele on Monday and, you know, a lot of the talk with the offense was red zone production. Um, You know, we had those two big trips down into the red zone that came out with nothing on Saturday Um, And he basically was just like, we need to execute better. Like, that's the biggest thing that we need to focus on when we get in the red zone. Um, I think it was Britton Covey, actually, who said, like, I don't hate the play calls that were made in the red zone on those two, like, drop touchdowns. But he's like, there was something wrong, like, on each one. Like, a ball came out late or a block was missed or a route was ran too slow. So I think all, all of the offense is aware that their red zone trips last week were not good. But, and I think I expected to change this week, but my question was why in certain cases, Witt didn't just take the points and go because like you were in a shootout, like any point is going to help at this point when, especially when your defense is struggling, if your offense can get down there and get the points, like just go for it. And that's one of those things that I think we've really seen Witt evolve on is, is his belief in the analytics and he's committed to it 100% saying that you have to buy into it. Otherwise, it's not going to pan out. And so I will give him credit that if you do look at the go for it chart and uh, Jared Lee, I believe it's at uh, I should not be looking up his uh, handle on the fly here. But Jared Lee actually used to write a lot of really cool articles at Utzone. Um, he uh, at Jared D. Lee. He, uh, he does a lot of advanced stats 
hashtag our stats. Um, he uh, he posts the the chart that kind of rates you know situations where you should go for it, and and both of the situations that that Whittingham was in were were very heavy in the go for it category. So in that instance, I believe that, that is the right choice in terms of the analytics. However, I think game situation is always the critical part about this. And mm-hmm. I kind of am with you on that one. Now, there's some things to think about in terms of, you know, new long snapper. It, like, you you really should have put the ball in the end zone. And I think Wood made the bigger point that they should have been more physical early on and, and, and run the ball. But I also and, – and while I agree with Britton that it, part of it is is execution, I don't love running out routes on the goal line. That's a tough situation. Out routes on the goal line – are very uh, not good yeah. is, is what I'm going to say. Cause you're, you're running into, you don't have as much space yep. and that quarterback needs to place that ball in the perfect spot or else you're stepping out of bounds out of the end zone, like out of the sides or out of the back, depending on the route. Like it's, it's like, a tough, it's a tough throw for the quarterback to make. It's easy for guys to get in that throwing lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's not necessarily a safe. Th- I mean, it is, but it isn't like if a guy jumps a route, they can get right in front of it and then they're gone. Mm-hmm. Cause there's nobody there to, to no tackle way. it. And also the, the, the part about it where I kind of hate it is you don't get your offensive player going downhill. So they have no way to generate any kind of force mm-hmm. or momentum going forward. And we saw that with Brant Keithy. He's one of the stronger, tougher players on the team. And he got stopped in the goal line, you know, like, yeah, same with Britton Covey, you know, defenders coming over the top of him, knocks the ball out. It, it's just not one of my favorite calls. I'd much rather go a slant or, or you know, some other option there. I think just that, or just just run it. Yeah, just yeah. you you have the, the like the human bowling ball that is Tavion Thomas. Just run him in. Just you're two yards out. Just give him the ball and just let him go in. Or why don't you put Jaquindon Jackson in? We've seen him barrel his way into the end zone a couple of like one time this season. Yeah. Have him do it again. We've seen him do it once. I'm pretty sure he can do it again. Yeah. And I think most people's counter to that would be, well, he fumbled once against Washington State. And my counter to that would be, well, everybody on the team has fumbled once at this point in the year. Uh, and in fact, I think everybody fumbled once in that game. So give the guy another shot. I would love to see even some some option or or some, you know, something with Covey maybe even in, in, in a Wildcat or, or Keithy in a Wildcat. There's so many options down there where you could do a little bit better than just uh, out routes, and and I think we've seen progressively that this is drifting way far from Devon Vele, but I think it's a good thing to talk about. As Andy's hit challenges throughout the season, he's adapted and become more creative, and mm-hmm. it's just like, why are we keep waiting for this stuff? Why are we not getting ahead of the curve? But I think some of that is just that's Andy Ludwig. You know what I mean? Am I like like totally confusing games, or was the Oregon State game one where they had Cam tossed it to Britt, and then Britt tossed it to Brant? Mm-hmm. Or what is it? What? The double pitchback reverse. Yeah, the, yeah. Why? Why? Why are we running that on? Like, wasn't it like a third and something? Like, yeah. Well, se- I, I think second, it was second it was, down, but it was like second, a ten yard loss. Yeah. And and the the issue with that one was like you had Covey there on the second reverse. You didn't need mm-hmm. to go with a triple pitch, and I wouldn't I wouldn't hate an option on that, but. That's another thing, too, is we have not seen a lot of, of Covey in a speed option role, and, and that really should be something that he should be able to, to do well. Yeah. I did like that they ran Cam a little bit more, and, and Cam can run the ball. Like We get it. He's thick. You know, He can take the hits and, and 
Kyle and I will disagree on this one. Uh, I want to get back. Devon Vailey, have you sensed a presence change in him since he started to emerge as like a go-to guy? Yeah, totally. He He's fine. I'm not saying that he like he's him and Cam have like this very strong connection and you can see it on the field every time they throw the ball. And I talked, I heard, I talked to Cam um, on Monday as well. And he literally, I asked him about, it. I was like, you and Devon seem to have this really good connection. Like what's that about? And he was like, well, it's gone back ever since 2019 when we were on the scout team together. I feel like having a quarterback and a wide receiver who have had that connection for this long is something that teams like dream to have because then you have those foundations set. The quarterback knows the wide receiver's tendency. The wide receiver knows the quarterback tendency. Like Utah's wide receivers are, are like finally like showing up. If you would have told me like two years ago that the Utah wide receivers would be putting up more yards a game and the Utah air game would be putting up more yards than the rush game. I would have said you're crazy, but because we have a, like a, really solid quarterback and wide receivers who not only believe in him, but believe in themselves. It's, it's, it's night and day. It really is. And you've got a variety of target targets. You've got a variety of guys that you can put out on the field. We've seen both Devon Vele and money parks get more rotation. Uh, what else did Devon have to say that you thought was interesting? You know, he, they talked to, he, they asked about this week and like what, and he just basically said, like, we're in the driver's seat. We're still playing this one game at a time. But, like, as every, as every single Utah player has said this week, like, last week was last week. We're focused on this week, and we're focused on UCLA. And I think that's something really good. Like, you're always going to hear players say that. But especially after, like, the season Utah has been through, I really like hearing that because it's like, okay, these guys aren't going to be deterred by one loss. They're not going to be like, okay, the season's over, like time to pack it up. Like maybe tunes will change if the outcome on Saturday is not the best, but this team is, it's all in or in the way. And I think that's like, I think they're really still buying into that this year. And, and this is still a team that's got a lot of growth. It feels like every single week we're either, oh, this team's amazing or, oh, this team is still young and, and growing and, and, Really, that's the truth, right? This team is amazing while growing. And, and I yeah. think that's why you're seeing these variations with things. And, like, the team, like, Cole and I have talked about this before. Like, do you see, like, sometimes we say, like, do we see the team we see against USC? Or do we see the team we saw against in the first half against Washington State? Or do we see the team we saw in the second half versus Arizona State? Because they're so young, I'm not saying they lack the consistency, but there's times where they're going to come out at a hundred percent. And there's times when they're going to come out at negative a hundred percent. And I think it just comes with the youth of this team. And that's something that like three or four years from now, this Utah team is going to be like, like through the roof. Like, I think they have huge potentials, maybe even two years from now. Next year, like you look at the defensive backfield, you have four freshmen that have started games back there. Five, five. Cole, uh, not Cole Bagley, <laughs> Cole Bishop. Cole Bagley has not started any games at the University of Utah. Sorry. About he, that. Wishes, he wishes he had. Yes. Oh, boy, does. But, you know, to be fair, we all kind of wish that. 
But you've had Cole Bishop, you've had Kamoi Latu, you've had uh, Zamaya Vaughn, uh, Fabian Marks. Uh, CP3 of Clark yeah, Phillips. Yeah, Clark Phillips. And, and like he's become this crafty veteran of the football team. He's still a like, – Fourteen games, like, like, and then you also have you have Travis Broughton too, who's out for the season, who was the starting corner at the beginning of the season, who's only a sophomore. Yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy how young this defense is, both uh, in 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 grade year, but also in in just actual age. And in really, the COVID uh, conundrum is is not affecting them as much because like this is still just a really really young football team, mm-hmm. and we've seen you know with Viani Mawala getting hurt, JT Broughton, you mentioned him. Uh, some some injuries have hurt the Utes a little bit in in terms of losing experienced guys and having to press the inexperienced guys. Um, let's go like, as long as we're just kind of going down this road. Let, let's wrap this segment up a little bit with some talk about UCLA. How do you see this game breaking down, and uh, do you have a prediction for this one? I the thing is is with UCLA is I don't know what team you're going to get. Like you know how like they're they're very much a chameleon when it comes to offense. You don't know if you're going to get. Um, like a very DTR, like throwing the ball down the field because he has the wide receivers. He's already thrown for over a thousand yards on the season, I think. Plus you have like, you have the rush game that we've already talked about. So either, I think UCLA is going to come out like guns blazing because like they're start Utah's best offensive player is missing the first half. Why are you not going to cash in while he's out? That's like a, that's like a, like a weird thing to do. It's kind of like, oh, well we, like, you know, like when you like played sports and you're like, oh, well, we know that they're like star players hurt. So we're going to like go a little bit soft on them. <laughs> I mean, that's how it used to be in soccer sometimes. Like, is like, well, we know that their starters out and we want a good game. So we're going to go a little bit softer. You're going to incur a lot of wrath for talking about soccer if that's the case. I'm sorry. I played for 16 years. I Ooh. have some stories. <laughs> Soccer fan here. Like, like, don't get me wrong, but uh, like, I think that's one of those big differences between the two of them. Um, so just real quick, my guy uh, at Stats of War, Parker, uh, who does a lot of the analytics work for Football Outsiders, one of my favorite sites. Uh, we'll just kind of go back from some stuff last week. He has Utah as a 70% win probability, projecting them to score 32 points. He has UCLA 30 percent uh, win probability projected to score twenty five points. And as you look at the uh, you know things like the echo rate, which we've talked about, which is the number of productive drives that lead to uh, a score, and a productive drive is anything uh, up to the opponent's forty yard line. Uh, you know, Utah is at fifty eight nationally, the, not as improved as we thought it would be. Uh, UCLA is actually pretty. Imp- uh, or excuse me, Utah's defense is is ranked 58th. UCLA's offense is ranked 36th. So that'll be an interesting battle there. How well does Utah do once UCLA gets into that scoring territory? I think that'll be a big part of it. Um, you know, I think off on the uh, the percent of getting first downs on first and second down for UCLA is miserable. They're not good at getting first downs on first and second down. So if Utah can do well in those situations and push them into third and long, I think that it might lead to an advantage for Utah. Um, UCLA actually does pretty well on third and fourth down. Um, so if they can hold them there, that, that that obviously helps things a lot too. I think if you look at UCLA's defense versus the offense, 
like you pointed out, I think this is where Utah can take tremendous advantage. We expect Tavion Thomas to be healthy. We really expect Utah's tight ends to take advantage of this UCLA defense, and I think that's where Utah can really stretch the margin here. I also think it's going to be interesting to see how Utah plays with Rice Eccles again on Saturday. It's a All night right. game. It's it's uh, dark mode, which dark mode's always my favorite game of the year. I love it. Plus, you have with the coming announcement today that they're going to retire the number 22. There's going to be a lot of emotions there. Whittingham confirmed today that both the Lowe and the Jordan families are going to be at Rice Eccles. So there's going to be a lot of emotions at play. And we saw how the last time Utah played with emotions at play in L.A. versus USC, and we saw how that went down. So I think that's going to be a factor, too. Also, DTR, like Jaden Daniels, has not good memories of playing at Rice Eccles. It's very true. And I think that I'm not saying that's going to get into his head, but you could see at the last, like the last like quarter and a half of the Arizona State game that it got into Jaden Daniels' head. He started to feel the pressure. Just not. I, 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 look, I think he's become a really tremendous quarterback, and I think where he was in in this year's game versus where he was as a freshman. You know, are miles apart, but I think what he started to feel was uh, inescapability. Like there was no way out. You know, uh, is it? Uh, you might be too young for this. The the Rocky song. Then there's no easy way out. Right. I've never seen Rocky. Okay. I'm not too young for it. I've just never seen it. If ever there was a time to post a screenshot from this, it's <laughs> Sammy smiling as she just stabs me directly in the heart, and I just crumple in front of the camera. But um. I, I thought that's what happened to Jaden Daniels. Now, if Utah can do the same thing and force DTR to feel like he has no way out, like because that's what those running quarterbacks really thrive off of is let me go create some chaos and create an exit strategy for myself. Mm-hmm. If Utah can can stay disciplined, you know, keep their rush lanes, all that kind of stuff. I think that that's another way. Now, all these things we're saying, like as if Utah's going to win, and I agree. I think that the emotional aspect, Utah's played very high on the emotion spectrum. I. I I can't see any scenario where they don't come out and, and try to, you know, play with some emotion this week. My curiosity and, and my reservation in, in regards to that, the only flip thing would be, does the emotion push them to trying too hard, which we've seen in, in weeks past? Mm-hmm. I think the counter to that is Utah's got some good leaders. Uh, I think Cam Rising has, has proven that he can overcome that. Um, the, the, the hard part in my mind is, can they do that without Devin Lloyd for a half? I think they can, and Karene Reed today was basically like, even though Devin wasn't on the field with us, like he was on the sidelines coaching us. He was on there helping us as much as he can, and I think he's going to do the same thing this week. Like he doesn't want to see his team lose. Like that is not who Devin Lloyd is. Devin Lloyd is going to do everything within his power to make sure that this team is in the right position to to win games, whether that's him coaching up Karene and other linebackers on the sideline, or if it's out there drilling a quarterback and putting him on the ground, like he's going to do whatever he can in his power. And I think that that's going to be the case this week. I, I do see UCLA trying to take advantage of Devin not being on that field for the first half, because why wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. If the leading ta- one of the leading tacklers in the conference isn't out there, you're going to try your hardest to make sure that you make them pay. 
100, yeah, hundred percent. And I think that the counter to that is just that if you're Utah, you can take solace in the fact that the guy who's replacing him most likely is uh, Kareni Reed or Nephi Sewell. One of those two both have playing experience, you know, and, and they have a, you know, at least a quarter playing together under their belts. And, and Utah can do some other things with personnel uh, in terms of, of switching things up. I want to talk a little bit about something else you can switch up this week. That's the flavor of Built Bar that you're ordering from Built.com. The current Built of the week is the Paranormal Pumpkin. Sammy, are you a Built Bar fan? You can be honest. It's okay. They're hit or miss. Oh, okay. So, They're hit or miss, depending on the flavor. Have you had any of the puffs yet? No, I don't think so. I had the two. I had the ones we got at the, the Utah Social Open. So I had like the coconut and the cherry one. So those are the basic flavors. As you mentioned, there's coconut, there's cherry barcia, coconut almond, mint brownie, raspberry. There's a lot of those basic uh, flavors that they have all the time. You can get the mixed box if you want to do something like that. Uh, up to nine different flavors in a box. But... They're mixing up with the flavors right now. Paranormal pumpkin. If you haven't tried the puffs, so I think the the one concern that a lot of people have is that sometimes you chew that thing and you're just chewing and you're just chewing and chewing. The puffs are like a marshmallow and and coated in that 100% real chocolate. Pumpkin spice flavored. I don't know how basic you are, Sammy, but I'm not. I'm not basic. Me and my pumpkin cream, we go together like uh, like butterflies and bees or uh, bears. <laughs> We're going to just edit that one out. But you can go to BuiltBar.com and you can try the Paranormal Pumpkin Puffs. They are on sale currently right now. And if you go use the promo code Locked On, you'll get 15% off your order. Or excuse me, promo code Locked15, 15% off your order. Again, that promo code is Locked15 for 15% off at Built.com. It's the best offer out there. So be like Sammy. Go try some Paranormal Pumpkin Puffs and go to Built. Dot com. Reminder that betonline.ag is back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Wrapping things up here on the Locked On Utes podcast. This is going to be another long one, and I don't even care because Sammy and I have had a blast today, but I wanted to finish off the show. We've talked a lot about Utah's defense. We've talked a lot about UCLA and the matchup and everything like that. I wanted to talk about something else because I think you've been doing something really cool this year that maybe uh, people don't know as much about. You've been out watching a lot of the high school sports. In particular, you got an opportunity to interview one of Utah's recent commits, Matiaki Hello, Tell us about Matiaki. Okay. He's a really fun kid. So he plays at Tooele High School. He's currently committed to Utah for the class of 2023. Um, he plays running back slash like linebacker defensive end at Tooele. Kid's a baller. He is insane. So he mainly is on the run, like on the running back side for Tooele. Utah said, like when I talked to him for the Tribune, he said that Utah's recording him on the defensive side of the ball, which Makes sense given his size and stuff currently. But this year, his junior year, he, in eight games, 
He rushed for over a thousand yards and 13 touchdowns. Like those numbers that like that makes me happy, even though he's not going to be playing running back at Utah. Like, I love that. Yeah, he, he's a phenomenal athlete and and one that's really dominating at a level that you know, I believe Twill is 4A, are they not? 4A or 5A? Um, I think they're 4A. Let me check really fast. Anyways, uh, he, he, so older brother committed to BYU. Older brother is currently serving a miss, mission. Uh, Matiaki commits early to Utah. Uh, Tooele head coach Drew Jones is another amazing human being. I love talking to Drew. He's he's one of my favorite. It just oozes. He, he can't even ooze. Like he just exudes energy. Like just positivity, all that kind of stuff. And and definitely, I think was a match made in heaven for for Matiaki in Utah. Uh, what else did he have to say about his commitment and, and kind of his reasoning behind it? So Tula's 5A. Um, that's quick, quick, quick Google. So- solve that one. Quick search. Quick search. Um, but I think Utah fans should be more excited about the person they're getting off the field than what they're getting on the field right now. Drew Jones told me about how one time there was a girl sitting alone in the, in the lunchroom and he went up and just sat with her. And he wants everyone to feel included in Tooele. And he wants to build a better community for not only himself, but for his younger brothers who are who are going to be going to Tooele someday. And I think that speaks to a lot of like what Utah is. Utah is very much they want good men. They want good men who also can rip someone's head off on the field. And I think that's what he can do. I'm like, he, he, he really can like. He's six one and he's only a junior. So he has plenty of time to grow, to bulk up, and to just become like I think he has the potential to be a very, 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 very good linebacker at Utah. I know that's like a ways down the line because he did say he's probably gonna go on a mission, but still, like just think about it. In two, like he'll be a senior next year, then he'll be gone for two years. That'll be towards like Karene's senior year mm-hmm. to have him learn from Karene for maybe a year or two, I think is going to be astronomical. Plus you put him in with Colton Swan and this Utah system. He's going to be a pretty good linebacker, but um, he, I asked him, I was like, like, I know that your family brother goes to BYU. Like, what was that like? And he's like, you know, the house is divided now. Like sometimes they'll tease me about Utah and stuff like that, but I know they love me and support me in my decision, which is like, really good to hear because you've heard of those stories where a kid commits to a rival school and the parents don't like it. And it just turns into a big fiasco. And I think that shows also what type of family he's a part of. If his parents are still going to be super supportive, no matter what school he goes to. I think that with Utah, it is a very, very important part that kids fit the program off the field as much as they do on the field. Now, that being said, there's no need to underrate what he can do on the field. Uh, The first highlight of his huddle tape is him just like decapitating a poor wide receiver because he plays strong safety and and he plays all over the place for Tula. He is. He's almost kind of like Devin Lloyd for them, where he's just making tackles all the time, big hits, uh, jarring balls loose. There is as much regard as he has for people off the field. He has zero regard for anyone on it. So very exciting player for sure. Uh, what else did uh, did he have to say that you, you, you enjoyed? He talked about a lot about the family atmosphere that Utah has, which is something you hear time and time again from 
prospects who are being recruited by Utah. Hell, you even hear from players who are on the team about the family atmosphere. And he, he says he's, he's, he's been up to campus a couple of times, like unofficially just kind of like checking things out and he loves it up there, which I think that's a good sign, especially considering like now that Utah's going to have to compete with BYU being in the big 12, you know, it's now you have two P five conferences in the state and it's recruiting is going to get a little bit more. I'm not going to say difficult for Utah because Utah has the edge over BYU at this point, because they've been in the PAC 12 longer and they have a record of success, but now you have to worry about big 12 country and like all of that things, especially in Tooele, especially in Utah County mm-hmm. for, so for them to go into Utah County and get him, and get a legacy kid at that whose brother is going to be playing at BYU, I think is really good. And I can't wait to see. I, I was unable to go get out to his Willow game this year, which sucks because I really wanted to watch him play. But I'm going to try. I'm, I will try my hardest to get to at least multiple Twilight games next year because I want to see him. Worth noting that he is a commitment for the 2023 class, not 2022. Yes. So he's a junior right now. Still a lot of room to grow. You've... This season, you've covered probably more high school games than Steve Bartle and I combined. So first off, kudos on that one, and congratulations to you for that. You've done a lot of good work for the Salt Lake Tribune. Uh, the Matsuyaki article is available at the Trib, so go subscribe uh, without a doubt and go read that um, support, support Sammy. How does he compare to some of the other uh, players that you've seen play and or recruits that you've seen? Because I know you've seen a few really good ones. I saw Lander Barton play a couple weeks ago. <laughs> I'm laughing because I knew that's what you're going to start with. Well, when you're standing three feet away from Jim Harbaugh and he turns around to ask you a question, you have to <laughs> acknowledge it. It's impactful. I get it. It's that. impactful, you know, because they missed the first touchdown that uh, Brighton scored. So he came back and he's like, how'd they score the touchdown? And I told him, my stuttering self told him, I said, uh, 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 because I was like, I was in the, I was in the presence of the khakis. I told you not to worry about the khakis. I know you did, but yeah. I was still. It's hard. It's, about, hard. it's, it's hard. It's hard because it you're like, you're like, oh, my God, it's Jim Harbaugh. I actually I see him, but <laughs> you're on ESPN. I'm on ESPN, but Lander only played in one half of that game. <laughs> and his because stats, it was over that. OK, yeah, that game was it was over by half to, like by the end of the first quarter. I mean, the first quarter score was 35 to zero Brighton. They're taking on Murray in the final week of the regular season. By halftime, it was 52 to zero and Lander had a good chunk of those touchdowns. Like he recorded in the first half alone, two receiving touchdowns, a pick six and three sacks. Light work. Yeah, that that's just a, that's just a normal day at the office, you know. Just, just another first half for Lander Barton. Just clocking in, and then. So, just, so what you're telling me is he's a little bit better than Matiaki. Just a little bit right now. Okay, fair enough. I fair mean, enough. if Matiaki can get out there and and put up those numbers, then I'll be like, which he probably could. He probably could. Maybe like, next year. Yeah. Maybe next chance. year he could, but like. Yeah, Brighton also showed no mercy in that game. They went for an onside kick up 21 to 0. Like <laughs> they wanted to go to bed. They're like, "Come on, let's get this game going." But they wanted to get in the locker room with coach uh, coach Harbaugh. <laughs> Literally they're like, there were people like in the stands like, "Jim, can we take a picture?" And I was like, "Oh my god, okay." Yeah. But <laughs> don't be extra. Lander was all over that field. 
Like, yeah, and he has been all year long and, and years before that. I think he's without a doubt one of the top high school prospects that Utah's had, the state of Utah's had. Um, and if I think they they lost last week, didn't they? They did. So Brighton yeah. is out now, so which is just kind of depressing, but like, mm. whatever. Maybe that speeds up his timeline a little bit. It, I hope it does. Yeah, I hope it does. Anybody else that you've seen that you've liked? Um, I went and saw Mountain Ridge play uh-huh. and Junior Sia, the offensive <laughs> lineman. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> sophomore, um, right? He's a sophomore. Yeah, he's a no junior, junior. 20, 23, class of 23. Mm-hmm. Dude was like, I can't remember. Oh, I went and saw them play West Jordan. So it was Mountain Ridge versus West Jordan, which ended up being a game that went into overtime, mm. which was oddly surprising and then almost a fight broke out at the end of the game and the police had to like separate the two teams it was a big shindig wow yeah it was a it was a wild game but i didn't get any texts about that one what the heck because i didn't know if you wanted to know about the fight going on (laughs) (laughs) if you haven't picked up i give brian like live updates while i'm at games i'm like my favorite part i'm like he wants to apologize for asking a recruiting question of the recruiting guru so so just I'm airing our secrets. I apologize, but that's how we roll. That's, no, that's fine because I'm not ashamed to admit that I no. I have questions and I'm yeah. like I feel stupid asking them sometimes, but I gotta ask them. And you and I have way too much fun talking about them. So. Oh, we do. But Junior Sia literally was like picking dudes up and just like putting them on the ground, and it was so it was fun to watch. Not gonna lie. Like, I'm not, I don't know how to, like, my mom always asks me, she's like, well, how do you analyze, like, offensive line play? And I'm like, well, first and foremost, that's a question for Brian. Mm -hmm. But second of all, I was like, I think if you can pick someone up and put them on the ground, I think that means you're pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. He is huge. (laughs) He's so big. Yeah. Large, very large human. Not quite Bam Olasheni large, but. And he's only, again, he's only a junior. Only a junior. There are so yeah. many good offensive linemen in the next, uh, the 2023 and 2024 class. Yeah. And even in that 2025 class, there's starting to be some people popping up. There All was right. one um, from Alta that I went and saw. Yeah. In 23. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah. Him. I went and saw him at Alta with Cole Bagley, our bud. Yes. Um, Big Daddy. Big Daddy Bagley, of uh, he was like feet like taller than like his own offensive like his own dudes on his offensive line, like you could spot him from a mile away. And I was like, okay, again, Alta was playing Jordan, and Jordan's not that good. And again, just picking dudes up and just like throwing them on the ground. Taliafi Taala is his yes. name at Alta. He is also six seven to eighty, very very large human being. Kind of flew under the radar as a sophomore, was injured and or sick, wasn't able to play a ton. So he's really jumped uh, jumped up a lot this year. He's got offers from a bundle of teams, BYU, Oregon State, USC, Utah, Utah State. Um, yeah, they'll have a fight on their hands for that one, but also he's really good too. But there's just – there's so much talent in that 2023 yeah. class. It's I'm excited for the class of 2023. Like That in 2024. Those are going to be really good classes. Yeah. 20, like 2022 was like good because you had like Lander yep. and you had like Hagen um, and you had some other kids. But like I'm I'm very interested in the class of 2023. A lot of them I've seen play this season. Mm-hmm. So I'll be able to see them this year versus next year. And I'm excited. Like I was at the Sky Ridge Orem game and I was standing next to Freddie Whittingham. Like he did like a double take because like I was like wearing like a Utah windbreaker. 
and carrying my bright red Utah backpack. So if you ever see like a five foot two, like girl with a bun walking around with a bright red Utah backpack, 95% chance it's me. Um, just so anytime you walk out of the gas station with the height <laughs> measurement, they'll know it's you. Yeah. They'll be like, ah, it's Sammy. Ah, but yeah, I was standing next to Freddie Whittingham and he did like a double take. I'm like, I'm not with you. I, I'm like, I'm working. Not for, you. Yeah. I'm not talking. I'm working for the Tribune. I like holding my credential. I'm like, credential to him like just, he cares. Like I work for this Tribune. Not, I'm not doing anything illegal here, but <laughs> yeah, it's been, honestly, it's been a lot of fun to see a lot of these high school prospects in action, especially the ones that are going to be playing at like, huge schools like i tried my hardest on friday to go to the park city skyline game but i got a flat tire in my parking garage at my office so i did not make it out to that game because i really wanted to go watch park city play yeah and there's a lot of dudes at park city we talked about carson tabarachi uh younger brother blake tabarachi likely to get an offer at some point in time mm -hmm. uh the, the alfred twins they're a really good team obviously former ute uh safety steve tate has a son that plays at skyline bow tate i think he's only a sophomore as well yeah there's gonna be a lot of talent it's gonna be a lot of fun uh tonight was a lot of fun we could literally do this for hours we i do could. have to cut it off uh but the good news is sammy's gonna keep coming back uh so we'll keep yeah <laughs> so Break. Again, you can't see me, Visual but I was, medium. I was just doing like my little, my, my gymnastics salute. <laughs> very, very efficient. Uh, that's Sammy Morris. Sammy, where can, where can folks find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at S underscore Mora 99. You can find me at utezone.com. You can find me on the Salt Lake Tribune. Um, you can find I, her at the gas station wearing a red Utah backpack standing <laughs> at five foot two. Five foot two, maybe five foot three if I'm wearing the right pair of shoes. <laughs> Crushed it. I love you so much. That was awesome. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up. But before we do, I have to let you know that you need to go get all of your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with my girl, Cindy Robinson. Shout out to Cindy. It is her birthday on Tuesday. I know you're hearing this on Wednesday. Uh, she and I recorded earlier on her birthday. So that's how you know when you're grinding, when you're recording on your birthday. Uh, but go subscribe or follow the Locked On Pac-12 podcast on all available platforms just like this one. Sammy, again, thank you so much for joining me. It was an absolute blast. Thank uh, you for having me, Brian. I love talking football with you. We have it's so much fun. One of these days we'll let people into the uh, the mayhem that is us texting about stuff. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe not because sometimes that stuff, it's like... We got to keep it on the deal. Yeah, it's it's. I'm not, I'm not saying Insider it's NS, stuff. It's not NSFW, but it's like no. we say some weird stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> we're, we're, it's like, like, us, what, like what us, kind of honey does Jim Harbaugh like? You know that those are ABC khakis, right? <laughs> or literally this morning when I was like, "Yo, what time are we recording at?" And we just yeah, texted yo. back with "Yo." Yep, that's how we roll. Yo, it's stuff like that. But you know, I love it. Yeah. I love talking with Brian. That's 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 why we're homies. That's why I love working with you. I'm so glad I got to know you through Zone and through so many other things. I'm so glad that you didn't uh, didn't crash in that terrible snowstorm the first night that we met oh, out yeah, in we're Boulder, not Colorado. <laughs> we'll talk about that at a different time. We got to wrap this thing up, yo. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in on today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is the episode for October 27th, 2021, and we will be back with our guy, Cole Big Daddy Bagley, tomorrow. Ooh.